If you've ever used Discord, this has probably happened to you. You've got nothing to do, so you open the app. You check your DMs and your friend list, but everyone is offline. It's midnight after all. No problem. You decide to check up on one of the 10 servers that you're a part of. You open general chat and are greeted with a wall of messages and questionable memes. So you end up endlessly scrolling scrolling through the sea of never-ending edgy content, the world's most random conversations, world wars about pointless topics, and of course, the cat memes. You look at the time and it's already 4 a.m. Damn, should have gone to sleep earlier. But since you already messed up your sleep, you could just stay up for another hour. So you end up sleeping at 7 a.m. Now, if you're watching this video, you know exactly how destructive this behavior can be. I don't need to lecture you about the importance of the circadian rhythm, the impact of sleep, damaging effects of screen use, etc. But what I do want to talk about is why. Why is this messaging app so addictive? Because on the surface level, it looks completely innocent. It doesn't have the flashy colors of Instagram, Facebook's endless feed, or Snapchat's streaks. Yet, Discord's founder is an ex-gamer who knows exactly what makes gamers tick and how to maximize user retention. We will break down exactly what makes Discord so addictive, how to know if you're addicted to Discord in the first place, and if so, how to overcome that addiction. Before we get started, are you ready to take control over gaming? In phase one of our family program, we provide immediate strategies to stop the spiral and break through denial. In phase two, you make progress in all areas of your life, including increased motivation, productivity, and social skills. For information on our coaching programs, you can go to gamequitters.com and click book a call in the top right corner or email me directly cam at gamequitters.com. The first addictive feature of Discord introduces is a sense of community. Discord is a virtual social world. Video games are also a form of this virtual world. However, Discord is a bit different, although it affects our brains in the same way. Both gaming and social media like Discord make our brains release dopamine, a neurotransmitter responsible for motivation. When you play video games, you complete tasks, you level up, you see the character you associate on the screen improving. During this process, huge amounts of dopamine are released as a way of your brain telling you that it wants more of this experience. When it comes to Discord, on the surface level, you are not leveling up or completing tasks, but the brain still gets stimulated from social interactions, joking around with other people by sharing memes and building friendships. Here's the thing though, both gaming and using Discord provide unnatural levels of dopamine release and acceptance from dopamine receptors. This tricks the brain into thinking that it doesn't require improvement or socializing in the real world. Because here on these virtual worlds, it's a 10 times better experience. It's easier, more convenient, and you have an unlimited number of people to connect with. However, unlike natural, real-life, purposeful relationship building, and actual improvement, gaming and Discord do not provide these results. Sure, you can find friends on Discord and start hanging out with them in real life and build meaningful relationships, but let's be honest, how often does that actually happen? Now, I'm not here to say that the relationships you build on Discord or just gaming in general can't be meaningful. Of course, they absolutely can. And part of this also depends on how you use Discord and the types of servers you are on. But often, many of these online friendships will just be friendships out of convenience. The convenience of being chronically online and once you change the game you play or stop playing games entirely, these friendships simply don't last. I mentioned in a previous video on what gaming does to the brain about how the brain always chooses the easiest and most comfortable option. And when it's presented with finding friends with just a few clicks, gaming with them over the internet, not needing to get dressed and drive to a physical location, well, what do you think the brain prefers to do? Your brain knows the answer. 
but just ask yourself, which is more meaningful long-term? All right, so that's enough neuroscience. I've talked about this concept a lot on the channel, but there are other aspects of Discord that gamers find really appealing. Probably the biggest one is the sense of community. Now, all people enjoy belonging to something and feeling like they are not alone in what they like doing or what they're working on. And Discord fulfills this exact need for belonging. It's also a part of a gamer's lifestyle and routine. I get it, it's comfortable to have consistency in your life, but when that consistency is hanging out with virtual friends more than putting that energy into finding real life friends, then, well, it can become a problem. Comfort comes from the anonymity in Discord as well. When you interact with people on Discord, especially in gaming communities, you most likely don't use your real name and your face on your profile picture. This all gives a sense of comfort and a lack of accountability for your actions. Now, there are some safety concerns with Discord and I've shared those in a previous video, which you can see up here. So I'm not necessarily saying that you need to be disclosing your full name and address and giving all your personal information away, but the authenticity of the experience certainly does impact the quality of your relationships. The next element of addictive design in Discord are gamification bots. I know in the previous part, I mentioned that you don't level up nor complete tasks on Discord, but what if you could? Imagine introducing gamification features to an active community, features that would hijack your competitive nature and make you subconsciously compete against other users by spending more time on the server. Well, enter gamification bots. These are present on almost every server on Discord and many of them have different features. The most common ones track every message you send on the server and give you experience points for each message that you send. These experience points then increase your level. And you were also given a ranking on the server depending on the amount of experience and levels you have collected. Sometimes they can even unlock different features. So what these bots are essentially doing is gamifying your chatting experience, influencing you to spend more time messaging so you can be a higher level than your peers on the server and like I mentioned, maybe unlock some different perks. If you join any server with this feature and go to the rank channel, you will see exactly how addictive this is to some users. Some users are checking multiple times throughout the day to see what rank and level they are, meaning that they are actively trying to increase that rank every single day. These bots are great for the server admins as they influence the members to interact more with each other, making the server feel more lively and active. But the users on the other end might just be talking for the sake of increasing their level as their competitive nature has been hijacked by these simple bots. And some bots even prey on this even further. There are roleplay bots, RPG bots, gambling bots, and many others. These give you experience points not only for your activity, but also by interacting with the bot itself. Now, not all bots are bad, and there are actually some productive ones like the Pomodoro bot. This bot helps you set a timer to focus on your studies or work, while it also has a leaderboard of how much time you focused. This kind of gamification can be healthy as you'd be competing with other users for who's the most productive on the server. And some servers don't use use bots to level up, but have a human ranking system instead. For example, on the Hamza Discord server, they used to have a hierarchy system for you to go from being a Jeffrey to Adonis, with Acolyte and Disciple being the ranks in between. Higher ranking members had a chance to promote you based on a set of criteria. Now, the system wasn't dependent on how much time you spent on Discord, but more so on the value of your contribution to the community and your own personal growth. But of course, if you weren't active in the community, it would be hard to be noticed, so this often meant you needed to be online giving good advice and making connections. Now, although there were a few issues with this system, it also gave individuals on that server something to strive towards and led to a lot of personal development for people along the way. So 
I'm not here to knock it, but it is a good example of how a ranking system can lead to more wasted time on a server. And let's be honest, how many of you that are addicted to Discord are spending time on personal development servers anyways? Now, this brings us to the next element that makes Discord addictive, which is the sense of power. Power is one of the most deeply ingrained and intoxicating feelings that humans have. From an evolutionary perspective, power provides us the better access to resources, protection, and mates, leading to a higher chance of survival. That's exactly why society in most communities tend to be broken down into hierarchies. But did you know that Discord can fulfill the need for power in some users? As most Discord servers don't generate revenue, it can be quite hard to moderate them alone, especially as they grow. And that's exactly why a lot of servers introduce a power hierarchy in the form of moderation, giving different power to different users depending on how much they have contributed to the server. On the bright side, this influences positive behavior and self-moderation of the community. As you want to act good to possibly get ranked up at some point in the future and to avoid harsh penalties from power users. But for those at the peak of the hierarchy, it can be very intoxicating with that feeling being amplified by the size of the server and certainly the social status that comes with it. As some users maybe feel a certain level of power and importance over everybody below them. These users can get enjoyment over silencing people they dislike, influencing opinions, and even a sense of growth. I think the meme, you know, the Discord mod certainly applies in some scenarios. And as some have probably had to put in thousands of hours on the server to get that rank in the first place, it can be very hard to give that, that position due to the sunk cost fallacy, which is the phenomenon whereby a person is reluctant to abandon the strategy or course of action because they have heavily invested in it, even when it is clear that abandoning this investment would be more beneficial. Being a Discord mod can also lead to a certain level of responsibility that you need to be online during certain hours in order to maintain your status. The next addictive element of Discord is the infinite content and escape machine. While Discord doesn't have a scroll feed, it's still easy to spend thousands of hours on this app consuming content. For some users who want to get noticed on the server or want to rank up themselves with the experience bots, it's quite common to have an endless feed of fresh memes and content to provide. These users are essentially doing the Instagram or Facebook algorithms work and bringing you fresh content that fits the server's theme, meaning that it will be highly relevant to you. For other users who just want to be social and have conversations for the sake of a social life, they are seeking these conversations and can be part of them across multiple different servers and channels at the same time, creating a flow state whereby time disappears and passes you by. You've been chatting with friends on different servers and next thing you know, hours have passed. Now, if you've quit other social media for mental health reasons, but still use Discord for communication, it can be very easy to relapse into endless scrolling as all the same content is being shared on here as well. Combine that with the fulfillment of community, purpose, and power needs, and you've got yourself the ultimate escape machine where you can sink hundreds of hours without even noticing it. And as you are still socializing, with other users, it can feel like you're actually being productive and social, not just escaping into another app on your phone. Even for me personally, I've spoken about it before, but last year I noticed my screen time on my phone had gone from kind of an average of three hours a day to five hours a day. And when I looked into why, it was Discord. So I took a step back and thought about, wait, what am I gaining from Discord? Or how is it contributing to my life? And the reality was, it was basically a waste of time. For me personally, it wasn't bringing me any closer to my goals. And if I took that two hours a day and either spent it on more productive things or spent it spending time with the people in my life, I actually wanted to build a quality friendship with, well, that time would have been better spent. Even in simple terms, spending two hours a day reading would have been infinitely better for me personally 
than spending two hours a day consuming random content on Discord. Now, if you don't have those relationships, then Discord used in the right way with the right intention can be a powerful tool for your personal growth. But that's where intention and boundaries play a vital part. The intention to use Discord in a way that provides value towards your personal growth and boundaries to ensure it doesn't distract you from what you need to do. So we've discussed how and why Discord is so addicting. So now let's talk about some ways of how you can limit or quit Discord in a healthy way. I know it's hard, but the first way forward is to take that step into discomfort. First, you need to develop more awareness about the pros and cons of Discord. When are you using it? What are the benefits you gain from it, if any at all? And what are the downsides? How is it negatively impacting your life? One way you can determine this is simply by taking a few days break from Discord to see the contrast in your life. Then notice how you feel. Did you miss being a part of a community? Did you miss your online friends, any friends specifically in particular? Did you miss the routine and schedule of how you use Discord? Or maybe you didn't miss any of it at all, which is totally okay too. The key is to build a greater awareness of the benefits and downsides so you can set boundaries. If you found you gain nothing from Discord and realize you just wanna quit it entirely, well, that's fine and you can go ahead and just do that. If you wanna limit Discord to being a healthy thing instead, here are some of my suggestions. Be intentional about the type of experience you create on Discord. Instead of being a part of gaming communities, join self-improvement ones or something more related to your interests. For instance, maybe you wanna make money online or start a business or you just enjoy music and talking about that. If used correctly, Discord can be a great way to improve and rise up with like-minded people. The problem could be that the gaming community you are in doesn't provide you with any knowledge or people who are actually ready to help you and support you. Discord is not only for gaming communities and being a part of a community that supports you can be a powerful source of good in your life. That's why we have a Game Quarters Discord and you're always welcome to come and join us. You can find the link in the description or go to discord.gg slash gamequitters. The people on the Game Quarters Discord and other self-improvement servers are there to help you gain knowledge, build new skills and support you while also holding you accountable. Now, whether you quit Discord or limit it in a way that serves your life in a positive way to stay in balance, it's also crucial that you also focus on finding a healthy social life offline. You need to go out there and find and develop friendships with people in person. For some of you, depending on where you live, it may be easier than others. But just know, for instance, I live on an island in Thailand. There are some people here, but not that many. And for the, most people, I don't speak the local language. However, I do my best to engage and connect with people in the way I can and cultivate a sense of community with everyone, whether we only know a few common words or not. Although it may be easier for some people than others, depending on where you live, it's crucial that you cultivate a sense of community where you live and try to get out there to make some friends you can hang out with in person. Until you are able to put yourself out there in the real world and connect with real people, you won't be able to shake off that degenerate discord trolling, drama, and similar toxic behavior that you might participate in or experience from others. If you want contact, socializing, and meaning, then don't escape from these needs into discord, but escape discord and fulfill them in your life. Thanks so much for listening to the Gaming the System podcast. I hope you got value out of today's episode. On GameQuiz.com, we have hundreds of YouTube videos, articles, and other podcast episodes to help you get control over gaming. We also have bespoke coaching programs where we work directly with you and your family to get gaming under control for good. For information on our coaching programs, email me directly, cam at gamequeers.com or go to gamequeers.com and click book a call on the top right corner and I'll share information with you then.
Together, we will get your son back on track, and we look forward to working directly with you 